Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Welcome to the show, and thanks for tuning in. I want to say a quick thank you to my guest on last week's episode, Tony-nominated Broadway director Randy Johnson. If you didn't get to hear it, you can listen to all of our episodes at entertalkradio.com slash making it, or download our app and take us with you. Also, be sure to tune in next week to hear my conversation with world-renowned bassist Abraham Laboreal Sr., I'd like to take a moment to also thank the companies that help me sound my best, whether I'm performing live or in the studio recording and producing music. Blue Microphones, Taylor Guitars, Duesenberg Guitars, Seymour Duncan Pickups, Mesa Boogie Amps, Daddario Strings and Planet Waves, Motu Digital Performer, IK Multimedia, Fishman Acoustic Amps, and Exotic Effects. So often, I get asked questions about the creative process, so I created this show to focus on what it takes to have a lasting career in the ever-changing landscape of the music business. You're really in for a treat, as I've invited my friends, some of the best and brightest in music, to share their stories on how they have influenced the music that has shaped our lives. I guarantee you're going to love it, so let's get started. My guest this week is singer-songwriter Selena Albright. With a last name associated with musical excellence, Lena Albright is a soulful singer-songwriter with versatility that comes from years of listening to many origins and languages of music. Albright developed her onstage charisma and vocal technique from being exposed to legendary artists such as Whitney Houston, Take Six, Ella Fitzgerald, Dinah Washington, Beyonce, Layla Hathaway, and Tina Turner. Her intimate, connective writing style comes from experiences and aspirations from her own life, so that when you listen to her music, you are introduced to a private piece of who Albright is, has been, or is becoming. The artist appears on Gerald Albright's Grammy-nominated projects dating back to 1997. She wrote and performed the lyrics for the title track of Gerald Albright's Grammy-nominated collaboration with Norman Brown, entitled 24-7. Most recently, Albright was featured on Peter White's 2016 release, Groovin'. Selena Albright's R&B Soul 2013 release entitled Brighter topped the UK Soul charts for four weeks, and her sassy 2010 original You and I was featured on iTunes Top 100 Downloads in 2010. Her most recent release, Sun Comes Up, has outperformed all previous releases, and her new full-length project entitled Conversations will be released this week on March 17th. 
Aside from her R&B jazz releases, the artist has also joined forces with electronic dance music duo Manufactured Superstars. A major highlight of her career was their performance of Sirius for the Las Vegas Electric Daisy Carnival in 2011 for over 200,000 high-energy ravers and fans. Selena Albright has graced the stage with artists including Jeff Lorber, George Duke, Joe Sample, Brian Culbertson, Keiko Matsui, David Benoit, Peter White, Nick Colleone, Norman Brown, Jonathan Butler, Jeff Golub, Marcus Miller, Gerald Albright, Dave Koz, Dave Sanborn, Kirk Whalen, Boney James, Jeff Koshua, Richard Elliott, Johnny Fancini, Eric Darius, Candy Dolfer, Hugh Masakala, Rick Braun, Shaka Khan, Will Downing, Regina Bell, and The Temptations, to name a few. Please welcome today my guest, Selena Albright. Hi, Selena. Hey, Terry. How are you? I am great. And how are you, my friend? I'm great. I just got exhausted listening to you read the bio because sometimes you just kind of forget what you do. And right. wow, to hear to hear it read out loud. I'm like, okay, that's that's really cool. <laughs> it kind hurts. of is. Yes, it is. It I am and <laughs> And um, many of my guests have said the same thing. And, and I feel the same way when people start reading my, my credits back to me, too. I, I kind of forget because, you know, one of the things I think we do as artists is focus on art and focus on moving forward and, right. and not so much looking backward. And, and we are excited when we hear what we're going to be doing. We're completely excited, but in it, in the moment when we're doing it, and then we enjoyed, right. you know, looking back for a minute and saying, wow, that was really cool. And then we're on, we keep it, we just keep it moving. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it, but it is I, a very, I do, can I just note? Yes. No. Can I just know that it is really cool that you recognize everybody who's involved with this show from the microphones to the guitars mm-hmm. to, to everybody who's involved. I think that's really great that you recognize that it's a multi-person and multi-faceted process to do really, really anything. Yes. So I Thank just thought that was really that. cool to hear that too. No I, problem. I, yeah. I appreciate that. These, you know, these are the companies that stand by me and they really do help me sound great and help all the artists yeah. that I work with sound great when I'm, when I am producing and, and of course supporting this show, you know, it, you know, this is what we do is, is not a solo mission. It's definitely a, a team sport. It takes um, a community right. of people to get our music out there. And we play for a community. We don't just do it for ourselves. This is true. This is very true. I mean, yeah. I love the connection that I have with people who support my music and the connection I have with people who are involved in collaborating in it to some degree. Um, that's what actually makes me continue to do it. You know, and this is something... We're, we're going to get into this. Um, and first, before we even start, I want to congratulate you because your new album is coming out this Thank week. You. And, and we we chose this date to celebrate that. We've been talking about having this conversation for a while. This album of yours is called Conversations. And I would imagine that you are both <laughs> very excited and also proud. I am bubbling over. Um, <laughs> nothing has performed this well. So I'm just like... I don't even, I can hardly contain myself. I'm trying to be real cool right now for, for, uh, you know, this chance to talk to you, but I yeah. would be a lot, I would be speaking a lot faster and a lot higher pitched if, if I were speaking in, <laughs> in the voice that, that reflects the emotion I'm feeling right now. Like I'm really excited. 
Um, well, feel free, yeah, feel free to let out a squeal. <laughs> it's your, I just, there it is. That's it's two days. Yeah. It's two days away. So I'm it's, really excited. It is. It's two days. That, <laughs> but, but you've already had really wonderful rave reviews and you're getting supportive radio before the release and, and pre-sales on, on iTunes. And, you know, there's, there's a buzz going on. And, and, you know, this is an important record for you because it's, you know, it's really, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is really your, your first full feature complete album, not, not just a single or being a guest artist on other people's records. Yes, this is the first one. So yeah. it's really special. This is my baby. Yes. I wrote nine <laughs> out of 10 of the songs and they all came from experience. So I'm really laying it all out there, at least the part that I want people to know. <laughs> and so for it to have this much support behind it already is crazy to me. I feel real blessed right now. You know, your your career has been interesting because you perform all over the world and, and you have had some wonderful, remarkable experiences over the last few years uh, performing with many mm-hmm. artists, performing on your own. And most people have to put out a couple of albums and, and get some radio notoriety before that happens. So for me, it's kind of nice and interesting to watch it go the other way around that you, you know, this album has had a chance to, to sort of cook in the oven a little bit and let it be more of a reflection of your, your touring experiences and your life experiences. Right. And it's interesting that you should notice that because I've had a lot of experiences that not many people get at this point of my career. The good thing is that I do have that village that you were just talking about. Um, you know, the team that supports you and says, Hey, you know, I would love to tour with you at some point because I see that, you know, you work really hard and you have talent and whatnot. And uh, some people are just like, Hey, you know, you have a great spirit. I'd like to just, you know, have you travel with me. I'm like, Okay, I'll I'll sing a few songs. That's fine. <laughs> that was the case with David Benoit. He knew mm-hmm. that I worked with kids, and so he said, "You know, we'll come with me around the nation, and we'll go to Canada too, and and uh, we'll do some Christmas gigs, and you know, we'll have the children's choir." So it's it, and of course I said yes because I love working with kids, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just been quite a ride um, before I even released my first record to have that much happen and to have my biography be that detailed and, right. and that extensive. I'm just, you know how you just have to look at your life and, and realize God's been really good. He's been extremely good because this, none of this, it's so surreal. It wasn't supposed to happen by any algorithm, but I think it's just really awesome that it has. Well, apparently it was supposed to happen because it is. <laughs> Because it is exactly. It is. <laughs> it's, it's not I'm any more complicated than that. I'm really glad but it's me. I'm glad yeah, it's you I'm too. And, and well, that's the you know part of the reason I'm glad it's you is number one, I've I've known you your whole life. Yeah, but the yeah. other thing and your family, but you also you 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 step up. You do the work. You you don't take it for granted. You have gratitude and humility, and once again, most importantly, you're putting the work in. You know, you're, you're really focused and, and, and it seems, um, you know, I think it, you're very deserving of, of this opportunity that you've been given, you know, and you're not wasting it. And that's, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate you saying it. Um, wow. 
Uh, thank you. I don't even know what to say to that besides yeah. thank you. Cause it's, you know, I, I've loved every bit of the work that I've put in. Um, but to have someone recognize it, who knows what it's like to study music and spend the time listening to things over and over again and reading lyric sheets and all of that stuff. Um, it's really awesome to be recognized that way. So I appreciate you, Terry. Sure thing. Let's talk about your upbringing. You grew up in a musical and very creative home. Your dad, Gerald Albright, <laughs> is one of my favorite sax players. You know that. And your mom, Glennis, also yeah. one of my favorite people on the planet, is CEO of a company called Just Sweet Enough. And mm-hmm. here's my question to you. Do you think it was inevitable that you became a professional artist? I think it was definitely, definitely in my genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents never pushed. They never said you need to be a singer. It was something they wanted me to find out on my own, but that they probably always knew. I think because of my experiences being around my dad's colleagues and my mom's colleagues as well. Yeah, I think it was pretty destined uh, to happen when I look back on it. But mm-hmm. if I hadn't done the work and if, I hadn't been passionate about it, it wouldn't have happened. So I think it's a pairing of both of those things, because if I didn't like music, I wouldn't have done all this work. (laughs) (laughs) You have to love it to do this much work. (laughs) That's an understatement. Yes, that's, that's so true. You do need to love it. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of knowing your family for many years and watching both you and your brother Brandon grow up. And um, I actually know the answer to this question, but I still want to ask you how important is family to you? Oh my gosh, it's it's so important because when everybody else goes away or they're only with you for the good times, family is there for all the rest of the things that you can go through. And uh, that's been true all around. My family and I are just really supportive of each other, uh, whether it be of our careers or our health. Um, you know, because my mother is a cancer survivor, so you yes. know, starting at age twelve. Mm-hmm. We were all supporting her. Well, for me, age 12, um, we were all supporting her and, and I was, you know, helping my brother with his homework and, and all of that stuff. We all pulled together. And I think that mm-hmm. that's really an important part of my life that's kept me grounded. And I got really blessed to be in this family. So mm-hmm. I understand the importance of the role that I play and how we all have to stick together and support one another or else it all falls apart. That's right. You know, I asked your folks if they would share a favorite memory of theirs uh, before this uh, interview today, and they told me a story about you as a young girl (laughs) (laughs) when you were eight years old and went to a television taping of In Living Color, and when asked if there was anyone in the audience who could sing, you remember this, don't you? You you raised your hand and sang all of the words to a popular Mariah Carey tune in full voice and blew away the crowd, the actors, staff, and the crew. What's your memory of that day? I remember singing Vision of Love. Uh (laughs) That song was my jam back in the day. And (laughs) back then, I could actually hit the high note that she hits at the end. You know how in the background she does that high whistle note? That many Back then before puberty. Yeah, yeah, puberty hit and it it went away. But I was really Mm -hmm. young at the time. I didn't realize I was eight. That's what your mom um, said. Yeah. Wow. Well, her memory yeah. is amazing. So it, yes, yeah, it I was probably eight. I usually believe her memory over mine. <laughs> um, but my mom had put my hair in a French roll and uh, I don't remember exactly what I was wearing, but I do remember that in between um, tapings 
of all the skits that, that they would do on In Living Color. They would, you know, come through. Oh, gosh, I forgot who the person was who put the mic in front of me. But, um, you know, he did say, hey, who knows how to sing? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I raised my hand, dad and mom were both pointing down toward my head, of course. <laughs> and uh, cause I said I wanted to, and mm-hmm. I just remember the crowd was so excited, you know, to see this little girl. And I didn't think I was that little at the time, but I, I yeah, I was a late bloomer. So I was probably a little short thing. And mm-hmm. that probably was very rare for them to see, but yeah. I had been singing since I was two by then. So sure. I had six right. years. absolutely and mariah carey is amazing Mm -hmm. do you do you still have the t-shirt they gave you your mom said they they gave you a t-shirt and you took pictures with everybody and do you remember any of that Ooh, if i do have it it's in a memory box somewhere in my parents house (laughs) in their guest closet but i personally i don't think i have it (laughs) well it was a while ago uh we're heading into our first break and uh, we, I'm going to be asking you to tell me stories about your new record, which, uh, I'm excited to hear more about. And, uh, awesome. why don't you tell everybody your website before we, before we hit this break? Ooh, my website is selinaalbright.com and Selena is spelled S E L I N A. And you can find A-L- everything there. A L B R I G H T. We are yes. going to be right back. I'm here with Selena Albright. Um, please stick around. We'll just be uh, a minute. serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio. To sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on Intertalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. Hi, I'm Tim Dolbear, the host of Sound Experience on Intertalk Radio. Each week, I talk with top professional audio engineers, producers, musicians, and the manufacturers that make the tools that we use in the studio each and every day. From capturing the perfect take to mastering your final release, and the tools and how the pros use them, we are going to dive deep into their process and learn from their experience. I look forward to you joining us each week on Sound Experience with me, your host, Tim Dolbear. This is Jackie Bertoni from Jackie's Groove. Come join me weekly on my journey through the music business as I take you behind the velvet rope, interviewing industry notables such as Al DiMiola, Michael McDonald, and Al Jarreau, to name but a few. Listen to their stories on being in the studios recording number one hits and onto the stages throughout the globe. Allow me to be your music historian. 
You can hear me live every Monday at 2 p.m. and every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time or 24-7 on Jackie'sGroove.com. Ready to get your groove on? My name is Abraham Laboriel, and you are listening to Making It with Terry Ward. Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Selena Albright, and you're actually listening to uh, Selena's new single called Eat Something, which sounds pretty wonderful. And I think it's my favorite song on the record. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had wanted, a lot of fun writing that song. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and singing it. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's the thing. The, uh-huh. the song is a, is a song about the joy of packing on a few pounds and a widening booty. Your words, not mine. Yes. What, ins- yes. <laughs> what inspired you to write this song? <laughs> okay, so if you look at my Instagram, mm-hmm. you'll see that about 80% of the pictures for the past three years are probably just food pictures, and I love to yeah. cook and I love to eat. And so when I got married, um, my husband Josh is half Italian, so he brought a whole bunch of Italian recipes that he learned growing up, and I brought a whole bunch of my Creole recipes and all kinds of other, you know, different types of food, too, because I just love to cook. Um, I brought that to the plate, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and so we just had fun cooking in the kitchen together. And we would call them culinary babies, you know, because we don't have kids yet. So whatever mm-hmm. we made and collaborated on in the kitchen, that's what we ate. And we called our culinary babies. And so we kind of, yeah, our bodies changed. And I think this is some of the best shape that either of us have been in Um, because I did gain some extra body parts after getting, uh, (laughs) after getting married, (laughs) but we love our new bodies and we love each other's bodies. And it's really, that was a little too much information, but you know, it's It's no, it's the truth. Yeah. The truth is never too much information for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, our clothes fit differently and I'm noticing new muscles and stuff popping out. Mm -hmm. So it's just, really a cool journey to re to learn and relearn each other um, as we continue to eat and celebrate. And the best thing about any celebration is the food and it just makes you happy to eat. There's no better way to celebrate than with food. So we just had an amazing time for at least the first two or three years, just eating all Mm -hmm. the way through. And then we're (laughs) like, okay, we have to cut back a little bit. So over the past year, you know, we don't eat everything in sight anymore. Um, but you know, we've gotten it under control, but man, we had so much fun inspiring that song. Mm-hmm. I could tell. Yeah. It's a great song. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I think it's going to do well. Yeah, I think a lot of people will relate to it. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to you growing up, um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the record. You grew up in Los Angeles before moving to Colorado, and you and I were just talking about quality of life. You know, we've both moved out of LA, uh, having spent many many years in in the city. Do you miss living in LA? Mm -hmm. I miss some aspects of it. I certainly don't miss the traffic. Um, I miss the family members who, my family members who still live there. And I mostly go back to visit with family, but as far as the atmosphere, it feels like I'm going back to work and you know what I mean? It feels like work there Mm -hmm. rather than feeling like something, um, you know, a place where I'd stop for a long period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of the same way I feel about New York. It feels like I should be singing on a stage or something and it feels more like a career place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, um, you know, having lived in Denver for a long time and now living in Frisco, Texas, it's a little bit more laid back atmosphere and I can work and be in that work mindset when I want. So yes, I do miss aspects of Los Angeles. I certainly miss the seafood yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the restaurants, but mm-hmm. I don't know, it would take a big opportunity for me to move back at this point because I've already been there. Right. And what drew you to Texas? Uh, it, real simple. I can work from anywhere. And my husband had an opportunity that he was, uh, you know, relocated for. So right. it made sense for us to move. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I That's loved a good it, though. Reason. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize how many malls they had out here, though. <laughs> like, they're on every corner. <laughs> I'm like, how much do you need to shop? <laughs> right. But the food's great here. That's and, your barometer uh, for a, being a good place to live in is the amount of malls per <laughs> per person. I actually hate shopping. So, you no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that there are a lot of amenities around if I need to, yes. but I'm not yeah. really a shopper. I like right. to have my clothes sent to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a personal shopper who sends me boxes and I mm-hmm. either keep them or I send them back. I actually don't like shopping, but I love to eat, and the food down here is good. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So, and you, uh, the weather's great too. So, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Still, I yeah. understand you tried playing the saxophone when at one point, and then you got dizzy <laughs> and realized that sax wasn't for you. Is, is that true? Yeah, it sounded horrible. It sounded like <laughs> it sounded like an elephant or a dolphin when I played it. And I knew it wasn't my calling. I just didn't have the lungs for it or the passion for it. Mm-hmm. And I was already singing and I really wanted to just strengthen that craft. But yeah, my dad let me try a saxophone and it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was weird. And mm-hmm. it tickles your mouth when you blow through it and it makes that sound. I'm like, no, this, this is just weird for me. I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. And you ended yeah. up, you got your first professional gig when you were 14 years old singing the ABC song for an educational project, which is kind of ironic since you still love working with kids. It was released in uh, by Sony in Japan. Did, did you already feel comfortable singing in the studio from being around your dad, you know, watching your dad record or was, was there a big learning curve for you? For that one, we were just singing the ABC song. So that was actually easy for me by that point. And mm-hmm. I knew, you know, how to put on the headset and to, you know, be quiet during the recording and just speak when my turn comes up. So I knew the whole 
um, the whole process by then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I did. And I was watching my dad a lot more than he probably thinks um, because I was that little baby and that little kid who was falling asleep on the couch while he was doing his recording sessions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be quiet in the corner somewhere and not make any noise. And I was just observing everything from the engineer you know, to all the buttons on the the console to what my dad was doing in the studio. So by the Mm -hmm. time we got to age 14 and I was doing the ABC song, that was really fun for me and it was really easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember your your mom used to bring you and Brandon to NBC Studios to watch your dad and I uh, on our late night talk show that we worked on for three years. So, you know, I don't even know if you remember that, but, you know, you were pretty much there. I think almost every week, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, and I just, do remember, you know, being, I mean, you know, so you well, were around it exposed. Kind of expensive. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can just bring yeah. them with us or say no. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, but we were always well behaved though. We just, you know, stayed yes. quiet. Mm-hmm. They definitely, we had a conversation before we went in the building and they were mm-hmm. like, y'all know how to act. Right. And then, you know, we walked in. So I do remember those days. Yeah, you you were very well behaved and seemed really comfortable Thank and engaged. You. Yeah. Um, well, we had no choice. We yeah. knew what the consequences <laughs> would be if we did. Yeah, same, so. <laughs> same in my family. Right. That's old school. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of coming from a good family. Yeah. You know how to behave. Exactly. I was very blessed to have parents who disciplined and and gave me boundaries, you know, and I think that was a really good thing. But Mm -hmm. one thing I remember was the set design looked so different in person Mm -hmm. from what it did on TV. And that fascinated me, how many lights have to hang from, you know, the ceiling and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, And how everything was set up in sections. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I used to just sit there and just be in awe. Mm hmm. About a year after you did your first professional gig, you were offered a record deal, but you turned it down. And I'm wondering, how did that offer come about? And why did you feel that it wasn't the right deal or the right time to accept it? Um, A lot of that is really blurry for me, because once I decided it wasn't the right time, I was very intentional back then. Um, And you still are, by the way. I, okay, I still am, but that's even right, at a young age, that. though, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I think I just want to go to school. I don't think I want to do this and work. And plus, you know, I had seen a lot of other kids, um, the Mickey Mouse Club and kids on Nickelodeon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They didn't. They seemed like they worked all the time and that they really didn't have a life. And I was able to observe that and make the decision to just stay in school. And I was like, you know, let me just get well-rounded first and let me go to college. And then I can pursue all of this Um, because, you know, I was watching, I mean, unfortunately a a lot of bad things happen to those kids and they develop Mm -hmm. bad habits. They're more Mm -hmm. likely to at least because everything's in front of them. I didn't want to live that life um, because I had seen where it could go. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided to go to school and that's why I made that decision. Uh, so I've, I've got two bachelor degrees and a partial master and, and I was like, okay, now I'm ready to go and <laughs> do music mm-hmm. full time. Well, yeah. speaking of school, you, you were studying to become a school counselor and 
it was in the middle of your grad school program during some soul searching uh, that you realized that's not where you belonged. So what was that moment like for you? And, and how did that conversation go with your parents? Oh, my dad loved that conversation. In fact, we were uh, in Dallas when it happened. Mm-hmm. And my dad happened, I was visiting friends and my dad happened to be gigging in the area, which is rare. Uh, we usually don't end up in the same place at the same mm-hmm. time. So I was meant to have this conversation with him. And uh, I had the realization after singing with uh, people behind the counter at a fudge shop, they sing for you while they're packing up your fudge order. Mm-hmm. And then when, once I started singing, by the time I got to the middle of the temptation song, um, My Girl, by the time I got to the middle of the song, I had an audience and people were, you know, cheering and coming from other parts of the mall. So I was like, let me stop playing around and just pursue this and quit grad school and do music full time and really work on this. Cause I'm just kidding myself at this point. If I think I'm going to be a school counselor for the rest of my life and never mm-hmm. pursue music, I didn't want to hate myself. Right. So I went to dad, went to his hotel room, all business-like and, and, you know, just very seriously told him, you know, Hey dad, I'm ready to pursue music a hundred percent. Let's do this. And he, you should have seen the twinkle in his eye, Terry. I can picture <laughs> his face. Yeah. You should have seen have it. his face lit up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like a Christmas tree. And so, you know, from then on, he's been really supportive. Um, well, he's always been supportive, but he's been even more supportive um, and more instrumental in just um, being protective of my career Mm-hmm. And making sure that I don't go down the wrong path. And he's been a really great advisor. And, uh, you know, then I get to work with him in the studio even more. And we love doing right. that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, also, your mom's pretty sharp. Between the two of them, I think they you have two very strong and clear guides uh, in your family. I agree. My mom is an entrepreneur and she is very astute. Um mm-hmm. And she's a great judge of character, too. I was just so going to say that. Her, she, her astuteness yes. is not just about intellect. It's, it's about intuition and really mm-hmm. she sees people. She, she doesn't miss anything. No, she's very observant. And she'll mm-hmm. listen real closely to what you're saying, too. So when and she has a great memory, you yeah. know, paired with that. So when you have a mom like that and a dad like that, it makes your life Okay, it's it can be a little frustrating when you just want to move forward and do something, but then both your parents are saying, "Well, watch out for this and watch out for that." Mm-hmm. So it can be disappointing when you're dead set on something. Um, but it also has made it so that I don't have to make more mistakes than I did. So mm-hmm. it it was really good. I'm very blessed to have that pair of parents. So, do you have formal music training, or are you completely self taught? I'm completely self-taught. Um, I learned a lot from my dad and mm-hmm. from his colleagues, but I would say, I mean, I've taken notes from vocal coaches over the course of my career, but I never had, uh, you know, ongoing training, not professional training. No. So what do you do to keep your voice in such great shape? Because I know, um, that, Touring and traveling is is pretty rigorous. Uh, you don't get a lot of sleep, uh, and you do a lot of singing, and and you have to take care of your instrument. Where have you learned how to take care of your voice? 
I actually researched it um, by going to a library, if you if you can believe mm-hmm. that, because <laughs> hardly anybody goes. They all go online now, mm-hmm. and um, but I'm always looking online too for the newest thing that I can try to help my throat to be soothed. And right now I'm on olive leaf extract spray. Mm-hmm. I learned about that from the first lady of uh, my church, Lady Joy at uh, at Potter's House of Denver. Shout out to her. She told me about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I drink a lot of warm liquids, lemon and honey, the basic stuff. And vocal mm-hmm. rest is my favorite remedy for any kind of exhaustion. Right. Um, so I do protect it by not going out. I don't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that could be fun to do that I kind of sacrifice. You know, I don't really go out after the gig very often because, you know, I need to catch up on that sleep for the next gig because your right. body is your instrument. So, yeah. I, so you make, yeah, you make smart decisions when you're stuff. traveling. Yeah, yeah. We are to. heading. I have yeah, to. well, of course you do. You know, and it's and yeah. I'm glad that you know that. Uh, we're we're heading into our next break already. Time is flying by. Um, we're going to spend the, the next segment talking about the new record and uh, what went into making it, uh, including choosing Keita Matsua as the featured guitarist on the new single, uh, which I think was a, a yeah. great choice. And I want to talk about the, that collaboration. So please stick around, everybody. We're going to take a short break. And I'm here with my guest and friend, Selena Albright. Hi, this is Tim Dolbear, host of Sound Experience here on Intertalk Radio. And Source Connect by Source Element is the essential tool that we use to link between my studio in Austin, Texas, and the WS radio station in San Diego. Now, with Source Connect, not only can we communicate in real time and with HD audio, but it's synced up and is of a high enough quality that I can use it for real time ADR work, remote recording, and overdubbing, and it even allows me to remotely control a DAW. Source Connect by Source Element, affordable, high quality audio and video connection over the internet for all of your production needs. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on Intertalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. Make this your vinyl night. I'm John J.R. Robinson, and every week, music creation comes alive through stories, experiences, and sounds when vinyl records filled our hearts and minds. My friends and I share our tips and techniques used in creation of iconic tracks for recording artists such as Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, Quincy Jones, and Steve Winwood, to name a few. Vinyl has emerged hot, and the soul of vinyl defines art and passion, which burns deepest at night. 
tune in every Are you serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio. To sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. This is Randy Johnson, and you're listening to Making It With Your... Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. back i'm here with my singing guest who's singing to you and me right now uh selena albright and this is uh it's nice to hear you sing in, into my headphones i like that we, i didn't even uh, know <laughs> you were just singing all you didn't but even know you were singing. doing that right no so <laughs> i think I, I my album has been on repeat in my own car so i'm actually enjoying the music that everybody else is about to hear so right it's, yeah. it's so awesome right now so I I want to ask you about your philosophy about records because I believe in in making records because it provides and when I say records I'm talking about a whole album a full length album instead of just putting singles out because it provides an opportunity for an artist to weave multiple songs together to create a complete story. So did you grow up listening more to albums or or are you a singles girl? You know what 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 really more- formed you? Well, I'm more an album person. Um, you are. Mm-hmm. You know, some, there are some records from, I would say, the 90s and 80s when I was a kid where I would, I would memorize which number track it was. Mm-hmm. And because we had CDs back then, you know, mm-hmm. I would memorize the numbers that I wanted to listen to from each CD. And so I would listen to it as a whole but then I would focus in on the ones I can relate to. And I like mm-hmm. being able to do that depending on how I was feeling that day. So I think that's what an album does. It, it allows you to listen to the same product, no matter what mood you're in and no matter what healing you need at that point. Does that make sense? It makes huge sense. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm all for singles and, and, you know, that's, that's where music, pop music started back in the fifties and sixties. People released singles as well as records. You know, they were in 45s on this, the small little disc that you would put on the record players. And, but you know, I, I love, I love following the arc of a story of an artist, you know, from beginning to end. I, I love disappearing for 
45 minutes to an hour into somebody's sonic world, you know, to, in, in an album that, that they create. I think it's, it's so much more interesting. So I absolutely understand what you're talking about and agree with you. Um, yeah, so, that's a cool way to put it too. So when, you know, the, these songs that you wrote, the lyrics are based upon intimate and probing mm-hmm. conversations you've had, but they're being shared as if you're confiding in a close friend. How did you come up with that right. concept of writing for this record? It accidentally happened. Now, as <laughs> much as you say I'm intentional, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I went into this record, I wanted to express all the stuff that had happened over the past several years and just release it to the world and let this album be therapeutic for me. But because my life is a story, it ended up being a story. So in me just being honest about what I had gone through and what, what things I enjoy and different points of my life that were significant, I ended up with this record. And I think the title, which by the way, my husband, Josh named this, CD. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot more serious than you think it is, Selena. Like you're really going deeply into all these topics. It's like, you're having a conversation with people. I'm like, mm, that's it. A mm. conversation, mm-hmm. you know? So it ended up, you know, it ended up just morphing into this and I'm glad it happened that way rather than me going in and trying to fit puzzle pieces into the whole picture. It just organically became that. Right. Well, you know, a first, a first album, you know, like this one that you're releasing this week is, is very important, um, and very special and sacred and, uh, and something when done with a clarity or a purpose is something I think you will always be proud of. I feel that way too. This one is really, really special to me. Um, (laughs) there's nothing like the first time. Nothing like the first time. I know. So. (laughs) Yeah. So. I'm enjoying it. You, um, you worked with producers, Chris, Big Dog Davis, and also, uh, James J. Rob Roberson on this record. Roberson. Yeah. Roberson. Thank Uh you. And I'm curious, what qualities and skills do you look for in a record producer? I actually found. Okay, so let me let me go back and explain. So I know James J. Rob Roberson from church. And I think that was really important to me because my faith is important to me. And we worked together and it was just so easy to work together. He, we just kind of clicked musically. And then we ended up clicking as friends too. And so I said, oh my gosh, I'd really like to work with you on the rest of my record. And by that point, I had already worked with Chris Big Dog Davis who was connected to my dad on his past two records, mm-hmm. um, starting with pushing, I think it was pushing the envelope um, that he worked with dad on. And I noticed just how drastically different dad's sound became. Like he went in a completely different direction. And I was excited by that. And I said, you know, can I hear some tracks that you think my voice would sound good on just to kind of see. Mm-hmm. And he ended up sending me the tracks for uh, Highest High, Let Go, and Uncharted Love. And immediately, like those three songs, I was like, yes, that, mm-hmm. And I started writing. The, the lyrics were pouring out of me. So mm-hmm. 
it was good to be connected to him for that reason. And I also, um, my dad actually produced a little bit on this record as well. So he and Chris Big Dog Davis were paired up on those three songs. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them are works with James Roberson. And I couldn't have had a better team. It was just wonderful to work with them. And did you record the vocals over at Chris's studio or did you do it at your dad's studio or someplace else? <laughs> Multiple places. So Multiple. <laughs> um, I started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the technology has allowed things to be done at a distance. Um, yeah, you're not kidding. Big Dog, Big Dog and I were never in the same room through the whole recording and writing process and production. We sent stuff over Dropbox like crazy. Um, but I, I did a lot of the vocals in my dad's studio in, in his home basement. And the rest of it I did in James Roberson's uh, home studio in his basement. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very comfortable for me. And are you set up, are you tech savvy are you set up to record vocals when you're on the road uh, not when i'm on the road and mm-hmm. i actually i i write on the road but i don't like to use my voice more than i use it on stage so i usually right, don't record sense. while i'm traveling yeah mm-hmm. so um and now that we've moved to frisco texas now i'm setting up my studio here and, and getting everything all nice and settled in but mm-hmm. um yeah i it actually kind of helps me to work outside of my usual, my typical surroundings so that I can get into another headspace. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So I actually kind of prefer to work in another studio mm-hmm. so I can shut off who, you know, and what is normally going on and then move into just immersing myself into the song and the music. And it's, it's so interesting. Again, this show is, is a lot about the creative process and everybody's creative process is so uniquely different. And I like that you mm-hmm. just said that, that, that there's something about putting yourself in a new environment that sets you at ease in a way to focus and, yeah. and sing, you know, and be comfortable. Yeah. Do you, exactly. do you prefer this? Do you prefer the studio or the stage? Oh, that's hard. Um, there's something about connecting with people and the magic of that and the spirit in that, that I just can't compare to anything. So I like being on the stage a lot, but in the studio, that's where all the creative process happens. All the new stuff comes out there. So I like them both for different reasons, but I'm going to say I like the stage Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know if I could answer that question if you asked me, because they, they like <laughs> you just said, wasn't really a fair question, but, yeah. but I'm the host. So I get to, <laughs> to, to ask. You're the, like, I get to do what I want. Yeah. It's my show. <laughs> oh, but, oh my God. But there's, there's something, you, you know, there's nothing like performing. There is nothing that the creative right. connectivity to the other musicians that you share the stage with and the energetically what happens between you and an audience cannot be compared to anything. There's also, there's something right. so magical for me about being in a recording studio. I just love recording. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, I like the perfectionism of it. Mm-hmm. I like to get it perfect. And then I like it when those accidental mistakes happen that you end up keeping. That happens a lot on this record. Right. Which is why it's also special for me too. There's, I don't know. There's magic that happens in both. So but I will say the stage is a lot more fun because more people are there to connect with you. And I think there are things that happen 
mm-hmm. there that don't happen anywhere else. So let's talk about sax players. You've performed with quite a few, including your dad, Gerald Albright, Dave Cause, David Sanborn, Kirk Whalem, Boney James, Jeff Cashwa, Richard Elliott, Johnny Vancini, on and on. Do you, do you feel a, mm-hmm. a special connection to that instrument? I think because I'm used to it, that probably is so, but I'm kind of a piano person and a guitar person too. I think oh, I'm it liking depends even on more now. playing with <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on who's playing the instrument, because right. I really love drums and bass, too. Um, yeah. If you get the right person behind any instrument, I mean, it could be super funky. It can hit You're you at it on a deep right. spiritual level. Mm-hmm. So, But um, I think it's just easier for promoters to pair me with saxophonists because they know how my voice sounds with saxophone because that's what they've been hearing with me being featured on, you know, right. all the Gerald Albright records. Sure. And so I think it's just easier for them to pair me with that, but mm-hmm. I really cannot discriminate. I love so many instruments. Mm-hmm. And where do you see music trends going in the next few years? And where would you personally like to take it? You know, I see all of the genres kind of blending together and taking on each other's attributes. I'm noticing that now. So I honestly, um, I think it's going to be more on the individual to create whatever is true to them for whatever reason, based on whatever they're exposed to or whatever um, their experiences in life have been and whatever they have to say. And I think we're going to be focusing more on the artist rather than the genre in the future. I think that's Mm -hmm. the direction it's going because even me, I'm a little bit jazz, a little bit EDM, a little R and B, a little soul and uh, a little church too, at times, you know, when Mm -hmm. someone pulls it out of me. So I feel like we're all a blend of things and I definitely wanted to be true to myself in this record. So you'll hear in conversations that none of the tracks really sound the same but they all have this underlying theme of, yes, it's an R&B record and it's a songwriter's record because you can hear how personal it gets. So I feel like this album goes in line with that direction that music is going in, I feel. In the same direction, it's it seems to be following culture and and mm-hmm. the world, you know, where, where people are uh, sort of cr- cross-pollinating you know, and creating blended right. families and, uh, you know, and, and I hope music continues to reflect that. I, f- I find that really exciting and interesting. Uh, me too. I think it does keep it interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing what music sounds like even in the next five years because mm-hmm. it's, it's changing so quickly. Have you noticed? Yes. Yeah. There's the, the mashup aspect of what's going on musically is, is incredibly exciting for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm always thrilled when there's a melody. <laughs> you know, that's just yes. <laughs> I love a good melody and a good lyric. That's never going to go away from me. Yeah, Exactly. I'm all about the beat, but I want the song first. Ah, okay. See, I like both. Yeah. At yeah, the yeah. same time. Absolutely. I think there's value in both. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that bass. Yeah, but the melody, yeah, you're right. The melody needs to be really good. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the end of the show. We have about two minutes left, and and I oh ask gosh. all of my, I know, 
not in a, this, you and I will continue this um, later on. You know, we'll stay in touch okay. on the phone and continue these conversations. Yeah. But um, I <laughs> like to close with a, a final question, and that is this. At this point of your life, with everything that you know to be true, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell her not to worry about a thing and just enjoy and go with the flow. Mm -hmm. I have stressed myself out way too much over the years um, when I could have just been focused and trusted the process. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you, what do you think is important for up and coming well, actually, let me ask you another question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, wow. So I have a 10-year plan, but it never happens that way. It always is better. So I see myself <laughs> in a better position than I am right now. I think I'll have three more records out by then. Mm-hmm. I will have traveled to more countries and had a lot more fun even than I've had already. Um, I see myself doing more than just music though, and branching out into, uh, food and clothing and, uh, TV. Great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see all those things unfold for you. And I want to congratulate <laughs> you again on the release of your new record, which is this week. Uh, it is called conversations. We're going to put a link to your website up on the, the radio show page. Uh, and, uh, we definitely want everybody to hear this record. So, uh, congratulations on the new record. Congratulations Thank on you. this very exciting time for you. And, and I'm thrilled for you. I'm with Selena Thank Albright. Thank you so much. That and, means a lot. Oh yeah. It's just, I'm very proud of you and, uh, keep, Thank keep you. doing the work. It's paying off. Thank you. It's been an honor. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in everybody. your groove on. Hi, this is Tim Dolbear from Eclectica Studios. I'm a full-time mixing and recording engineer. I work with Grammy winners, labels, and indie artists using state-of-the-art digital mixing and restoration tools and the very best in analog gear. Really, though, it's my ability to bring tracks to life and fulfill your vision for your music. This has made me sought after by producers and artists worldwide. So spend your time working on music and not chasing a mix down a rabbit hole. Go to timdolbear.com and check out our free one-song mix offer. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. 
Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on InterTalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. Are you serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio, to sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. 